Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the Metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. John chapter 3. Y'all are probably know where I'm going, but you know, we got to go, go where we going. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Let's look at verse, starting at verse number 9. And I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. John chapter 3, verse 9. It says, Nicodemus, and we know Nicodemus to be one of the, the teachers, one of the... Um, uh, Pharisees of the Jewish religion and, you know, very learned man, very educated man. But in this setting, we see him sneaking around in the middle of the night trying to get a word from God. You know, how many church folk do that? Try to sneak around in the middle of the night to get a word from God because you don't want everybody to really know how sold out you're supposed to be for God. And so we find ourselves sneaking around with God, but God says he's not going to be a jump off. He wants to have a full relationship. He wants to have he's not a, interested in, in part-time custody and, and visitation. He wants full custody, full visitation. Amen? Amen? But in verse 9 it says, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus had just busted his head open by telling him that he needs to be born again. You know, and he was like, how does a man enter back into a woman's womb, you know, a second time? He said, how can these things be? Man, Who? what, what are you saying? I'm a learning man, but I don't understand what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm, I'm belaboring that point because I, I want you to stick it in your head because Nicodemus does not understand what God is saying right here, what Jesus is saying right here. And it says in verse 10, Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? That's why I love Jesus. Uh, he just, he just, she just chomped him out right there. Say, ain't you the teacher? <laughs> you out here teaching folks and, and, and walking all high and mighty, and, and you don't understand what I just said? Okay. He says, truly, truly. When you see it twice, that means you really need to get it in. It's like instant replay. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If you, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? He said, what I'm talking about is heavenly things. But matter of fact, what I just said was earthly. And if you don't understand that, then how can you even understand the mysteries of heaven? In verse 13, he says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Then we get to our favorite verse, one of the most overly used verses in the Word of God, and that's why we're going to break it all the way down today. Verse 16, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Somebody say already. Already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Amen. Amen. I read all the other stuff to, to set the, the, the background, but really we're talking about verse 16, the, the one that we all know, and people stamp it on stuff and tattoo it on their bodies and put it on T-shirts and bumper stickers and, and commercials and, you know, football players say it, and you see it in banners, and it's for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. But to set the context, and you know how about how to study the Bible, folks, we know what context is king. Amen. To set the context, he's explaining this to Nicodemus, who is a teacher of the Jews. Supposed to be a learned man. But yet he's explaining something to him that is totally going over his head going totally over his head. He, he, he's giving him something that if he connects to, he's trying to tell him, if you connect to this thing, it's going to shift and change your life. But how many know that a lot of times with scriptures like these, especially the ones that we hear over and over and over again, they we, we memorize them and we know them, but we know them so much that they become cliche and the power of them goes over our head. And we become like Nicodemus, where truly not understanding what is being said, and we come to Christ saying, or come to God saying, I don't understand. But how many know when we come to God and say, I don't understand, he'll help you understand. Why? Because it says that those who lack wisdom, what? All you have to do is ask. 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 Not ask. You got to ask. ask. <laughs> Amen. Got to put the K on there. Ask. ask. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but. But. Uh -huh. Oh. There go that but. When that but come, that means things shifted. See, you have eternal life, have eternal life, have eternal life. See, there's, there's eight dynamics in this one verse that if you're not careful, you'll run right past them because, again, it's a cliche verse. Eight dynamics. How many know that eight is the number of new beginnings? See, so Christ was telling him how to get this new beginning, how to be born again, because remember Nicodemus was saying how, how, how is this to happen how am I to be born again because Christ said unless you are born again you will not even be able to see heaven he says well how am I supposed to come into this, this new beginning, how am I supposed to be born again when I'm already a grown old man, how, how is this I don't understand and Christ basically proceeds to tell him in this one verse 
the eight dynamics, the, the, the new beginning of how you get it. The very first one we hear is God. It says for God. The word for right there usually gives purpose. It gives, it gives a reason for, the, for what this is there for. For God. We're talking about God. Who is Christ talking about here? He's talking about God, the Elohim, Adonai. He's talking about Jehovah. He's talking about Yahweh. He's talking about God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not talking about some other God. He's not talking about Buddha. He's not talking about the Hindu God. He's not talking about, he's not talking about some made-up image. He's talking about the God of gods. He's saying God. God. There's no reason to think that, that Christ is talking about any other God. It, it, is, the, it is the God that, that he's talking about. He's setting the, the, the atmosphere. And that's, that's what I'm doing right now. It's setting the atmosphere of, of who, who is even this concerning? Who is this concerning? It says for God. For God. And see, we talk about, we sing all these songs, you know, our God is a great God and, you know, he's mighty and all this kind of stuff. But, but who is God? Yes, yes. Who is God? And I ask that question because it really comes down to the, to the root fundamental of who is God in your life? Or, or more importantly, what is God in your life? Because see, this is the whole linchpin at the very beginning because who, who God is is going to determine the end because the end we're trying to get to is what? Eternal life. But so he's saying for God and then at the end there's eternal life. So we know that there, this God he's talking about is connected to what? Life. Is what we have as gods in our life giving us life. And see, how do we, some people say, well, I believe in God. God is the first thing in my life. But, but, but when God calls you to do something, other things come up. When God requires a sacrifice, other things come up. See, you, you, you really want to know who, who, who the God is in your life. It's the thing that, that you think about most of the time. It's the thing that you call on when trouble hit. Who, what really is the God? So Christ is telling him right here, for God. I don't know the God that you might be dealing with, Nicodemus, but the God I'm talking about is the God that sent me. The God I'm talking about is the God that loves me in spite of. The God I'm talking about is the one that says that he's the Alpha and the Omega. The God I'm talking about is the God that is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's the God I'm talking about. That's the God he's talking about. And then in Romans, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 21, it, it tells us that, that our highest duty, our, our, our highest uh, uh, responsibility is to worship God with our bodies. It's to worship God with our life. It's not only just to worship him with our hand and to give a hand clap of praise. That's easy to do. But when he's saying worship him with your life, see, that's when it becomes hard. That's when it becomes when people really know who your God is. How do I know who your God is? By what comes out of your mouth. I said before, it's like swabbing for DNA. Who is your father? So when we swab your mouth, what comes out of your mouth? Is it, is it godly? Is it the word? No, I'm not saying you're walking around quoting scriptures all the time, but when trouble hits the fan, when adversity shows up, who shows up as God in your life? Because that takes us to the second point, because it says God did what? Loved. So loved. So loved. See, that so there means that, 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 that there was a, a yearning 
See, there, there, there's a God that is yearning for, for, for your love, for, for, for you to recognize his love for you. It says he's so loved. But how many know that the scripture says that God is love? So God can't do nothing but love. And I like how he puts it in the past tense because it's saying that it's a done deal. It's a done deal. That's Paul got the revelation because Paul talks about there is no thing that can separate me from the love of God. There is no thing, nothing can, can separate me from the love of God because he understood what Christ was speaking right here. So love is done. It's over with. It, it, it doesn't go back and forth. It's not conditional. It's an agape love. I'm going to love you in spite of you. I'm going to love you even though I even though I don't like you, I'm still going to love you. Even though you do wrong, I'm still going to love you. Even though you're not quite right, I'm still going to love you because I'm going to love the hell out of you if I got to. I like that. <laughs> That's what you got to do sometimes. You just got to love the hell out of somebody. That's right. That's right. Yes, Lord. Because it's the love of God that, that when they see that love of God, then it is something about true love. It's something about true love. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Real quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We might be going through a few little scriptures here, but it, it's okay. Amen? Because we at church, right? Amen. That's right. <clears throat> That's what they supposed to do at church, right? Amen? Amen. First Corinthians chapter, um, I said, yeah, 13. 13 the, love chapter. the love chapter. We're not going to go over the whole chapter because, you know, I know it's their love, but we, we got some other stuff to take care of. Amen. Yeah. 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 First Corinthians 13, verse 7, it says what? It says that love, and we already said that God is love. Yeah. The scripture says that. Look it up for yourself later. Google it if you don't know where it is. Love bears all things. So when we see love, we can see God. God bears all things. Love believes all things. Hopes means expects all things. But here's the beautiful part right here. Endures all things. See, it says God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he did what? That he bared all things. God so loved the world. He so loved what? That he believed all things. He believed in you when you didn't believe in yourself. He believed in your purpose when you didn't even know what your purpose even was. God so loved. That means he hoped. He had expectation. He says, but I know the plans for you. They are for your good and for and for your for your good welfare. God so loved. That means he endured. He says, I endured things for you. I went through things for you. By my stripes, you were here. It's a love. It's a love. It says he bears all things. He endures all things. All things. See, that? I love that word all. All means all. It means all. It doesn't mean anything is left out. He says, I endure all things. So why are we trying to carry things that God says, I can endure all things. Give it over to me. That unforgiveness, give it to me. That, that, that depression, give it to me. That discouragement, give it to me. I bear all. All things. Amen. 
I'm giving this better than y'all receiving it, amen? But it's okay, because I'm going to preach it in my, my own self happy, amen? Because amen. the love of God is so powerful. See, we we, we, don't, we miss this, because we want to run through this scripture, but, but we got to break it down till it ain't broke no more, because it says he's so loved. So means there's a passion. That means that there's, there's, there's something that you can't, you can't stop me from loving you. I'm a stalker. I'm, I'm on you. I, I love you so much that it don't matter. I can endure this for you. Don't worry about what you're going through. You got me with you because I love you. Thank you, God. Because I love you. Because I love you. Because I love you. Then it says what? That he so loved who? The world. The world. He so loved the world. The world. Who is the world? Who is the world? See, we think a lot of times the world is, you know, is being, and I've even done it in the past, you know, to say, he so loved the world. It means that was everybody. It wasn't even just the church. And, and that's a true statement. It means that he loves the world, whether you're in the church or not out of the church, because at the end of the day, it's the Spirit of God that decides whom receives. Amen? Because it's like when Christ said, the only, he told Peter, only, only, only the Spirit of God could have revealed to you who I am. So it, it, it's no respect of persons. Amen? But what really they're talking about here when it says that God loved the world, the world, the world, the most, the most common meaning of, of the word world right here, we can find right here looking at uh, uh, John chapter 7. We're still in John, but go to chapter 7. John chapter 7. And look at verse, look at verse 7. John chapter 7 and verse 7. It says, the world cannot hate you. But it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. That its works are evil. So see, that's the world he's really talking about. He's saying, I love this, this, this world. I'm God, and I so love this world. This world who, who, who hates me because I testify about it and its works. This, this world that, 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 that when I come in, it, it causes disruption because it's bringing the, the darkness, in, it's, it's bringing the light in, into a dark world. And he said, this, this is the world I'm talking about, the one that, the one that is they're filled with works of evil. Amen? But what is he talking about with evil? Backwards love. Spell L-O-V-E E-V-O-L. See, backwards love is always evil. It's always evil. So God is saying, I'm trying to show you how to, how to shift it around. And you, you know, if anything that is backwards, if you stand in front of a mirror, it turns around, correct? So if you write the word love and you put it in the, in the mirror, it's going to be E-V-O-L. But if you write the word E-V-O-L and put it in the mirror, it turns to love. And so God is saying that I come into this world to be the mirror. So when you turn and look at me, now you can be corrected. You can come out of the E-V-O-L and come into the love. See, this is the world that God is talking about. He's saying, I'm calling, I'm calling the world. I'm calling the world. It's the mass of the fallen humanity that needs salvation. He He says, I came so that they could be saved. But how many know that it ain't just about being saved because cause if you, you you can be drowning and be saved. You can be about to die and be and be saved, but you still don't have life. So God is saying, no, it's not just to, just to save you, but it's also to give you life because I came to give you life and to give you what? More abundantly. 
more abundantly. So it's the world, it's the world, it's the world that he came. The, the world is a great ocean of, of perishing people, of, of perishing people who, who don't realize, like Nicodemus, it, it goes over their head of what God is really trying to do in their life. Because people will live their whole life and not understand what God really is trying to do in their life. It's two great days in your life. The first one is when you were born. The second one is to find out what you were born for. Those, those, those are the two greatest days. There's people who will die and never know what they were born for because they never really connect to, they never really attach to what God is speaking right here when he's saying that I am God, that I so love the world. Then we come to our next point, that he gave. That he gave. Get, gave. He gave. Means it's done. Mm -hmm. Gave. How many know that when you give, that, that, that's a powerful thing? That's a very powerful thing. Giving always implies sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Giving always means that you're, that, you're, that you're giving up something, that you're potentially, and I don't want to say losing something, because if I say losing something, then that means we'll be like Nicodemus, and we're not truly understanding what God is saying. Because, see, giving, if we know in the Word of God says, it says what? Give. And it shall be given unto you. Give and it shall be given unto you. So guess what? When God gave his only son, then what? He was given so that it would be what? Given unto him. Given back to him. So he gave us his son. But what is he trying to get back in return? He's trying to get back our heart. He's trying to get back our mind. He's trying to get back our life. He's saying give and it shall be given back. But then it also says in other scriptures, it says what? That it should be what? Pressed down. It's stuck together and, and, and filled over. So see, when God gave us his son, he's, he's expecting something even more in return. He's expecting a return on his investment. He doesn't want you to bury what he's giving you. Just like the parable of the talents, he says that, that he gave some five and some ten and some seven, and it was some, most of them buried. God has gave us his son. Do not bury what God has given do not bury what God has given. See, the, the, here's the beautiful part about it. The gift came from God. From God. So guess what? It's like that old son say, the, the joy the world didn't give me, the world came what? Take it away. So this is what God gave us. What? Can't nobody take it away from us. Can't nobody take it away from us. He gave, he gave, he gave, he gave. It, it is done. It says that he gave, he gave, and then the next thing we know that, that it, 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 he's expecting something in return. It's almost like sowing seeds. Yes, yes. Because Christ became what? One of many brethren. So he was sowing seed, and he was expecting fruit. Who is his fruit? Us. We are his fruit. There's a purpose in what he was doing. It, well, he didn't send Christ just so he could die. That was just part of it. He sent him because he was trying to produce 
fruit. That's why he sent his son because he said, you know what? He says, he says, all seed in Genesis, all seed shall what? Bear after their own kind. So if I want my own kind, I got to send myself. He says, now don't wrap it in flesh, just like a seed. See, the seed is not what you really see. The, the, that's, the, that's the flesh of the seed. The seed is inside of that thing. And, he, and so what happens is, you got to bury that thing so that the flesh can fall off, so that the true seed can now manifest and produce the fruit of which it has sent to do. Break it down. What am I trying to say? The flesh that we are born in, God is saying, sometimes I got to bury you in that mess. Sometimes I got to bury you in that stuff that you're going through. But it ain't to bury you. It's only to plant you so that that flesh can fall off so that the seed that I'm planted in you, who is me, who is the Holy Spirit, can produce in your life all of what I sent it to do. Amen. And your pattern is my son. So see, don't look at being buried. You got to look at being planted. See, the tomb, when he put, when he put Christ in the tomb, everybody thought he was buried, but he actually was only planted. See, God always do his work in the garden. Amen. He always do his work in the garden. But guess what? The enemy also does his work in the garden. See, what God plants, the enemy is always there trying to do what? Uproot. What God puts into the ground, the enemy is always there trying to cut it off. So what we got to realize is that we got to stop what, what the enemy is trying to do and realize that God gave so that we could give back. He didn't send him here just to just to condemn, just to just to right, to, to, right. to do things. He sent him here as an exam, as a seed yeah. that produced fruit, because the fruit does what? What does fruit have in it? I ain't talking about the Monsanto fruit. I'm talking about real old school fruit. It's got seeds, it's got seeds in it. Cause you know that Monsanto fruit got seeds, but they ain't fertile. But that's another story. Yeah. That's when you can buy more seed from them. But that's another story too. See, God ain't like that. He says that I sent my son who will produce fruit, and then out of that fruit, there's more seed that produces fruit, and out of that fruit, there's more seed that produces fruit that has more seed that produces fruit, and it goes on and on. It is an infinite thing. See, that's why God says I am the author and the finisher of our faith, but how I many know he ain't finished yet? He's still writing. He's writing on your life. He's writing on your life. He's still writing. He says, I still am looking for my fruit. He says, i gave fruit, so I want fruit back. I want fruit back. But see, also what, what he's talking about here with the gave is, a, is another thing where we have it says that he gave, he gave, he gave, he gave. Two, it's two things. One, one is that, that, that he, he was given from heaven. The other one is, is that he didn't come to earth to, to, to just die. It, it was a sent thing. God sent this son. It was a purpose. It was a mission. It was a mission. It says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's the fourth thing we want. Is his son. His son. Now see, this is the thing that just throws everybody for a loop. Not only the Nicodemuses, but just the whole world sometimes. It can go over their head because people don't understand the connection. They don't understand well, how can 
How can how can it be God and then God come here and be the son? And so where is he at? And who is he talking to when he's here? And who is he praying? Is he praying to himself or is he talking to himself? But see, people don't understand the true thing of what the Godhead is. It is the made up of three, the God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Almost like a family unit. You have a you have a father, a mother, and a child. Christ came as the as the child. So he was representing the father. He said, What? He says, I come to do the work of what the father that sent me. So there was still a God that was sitting in heaven when the God incarnate form and man form was sent here. It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Then in verse 14, John 1 14 it says what? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's who the son is. He says, you know what? I need to, I need the word. I need what I'm speaking. I need what I am saying to become flesh so people can see how to walk it out. So people can see how to live this thing out. I need somebody to go who I know ain't gonna mess this thing up. I tried to do it in Adam, but he didn't quite get it. He didn't quite understand who he was. So God Christ, I need you to go with the anointing of the Holy Spirit in my name so that you can do my work because That's right. but that bumps a lot of people head because you know we got you, people like well he's a prophet and he was he was a great man and, and you know he was good and you know he did stuff but but he how can he be the son of God but see it, it's so important that we don't miss that he is the son of God because he is that makes him be the word of God he is everything that God wanted to say he is the word of God living, walking, dwelling among us. It says, if you abide in me, then I'll abide in you. Who is that? What is that saying? If the word abides in you, in, in him, then, then we can abide in the word. It becomes one and the same. After a while, there's no separation. No separation. There's no separation. See, people say, well, how can all that exist at the same time? I love God because God proves Himself. If, if you look at if you look at the substance of water, water on this earth can exist in all three forms at the same time. It can be liquid, which is the water. It can be ice, which is the solid form, and it can be a vapor, which is the gaseous form, all at the same time in the same place. Don't believe me? Just put an ice cube in a frying pan. You're going to have liquid, ice, and vapor at the same time. Now think about what I just said. That just went over your head. So I'm going to break it down. When you put it in a frying pan. So what is God saying? When you put me in hot places, then you're going to know who I am. You're going to see the totality of what I am. I'm all things. I am Father. I am Son. And I am the Holy Spirit. I don't care how hot it gets. I'm going to expose who I am. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Father is the water. The Father is the water. It goes and does whatever it wants to do. It sets up its own dominion. You see the ice, that solid form. That's the Christ. That's solid. That means I'm immovable. I'm unshakable. I'm standing solid in who I am. And then that vapor that rises up. That's that sweetness of the Holy Spirit that goes. You don't even have to see it, but you know it's there. You don't even have to see it, but you can feel its presence. You don't even have to hear it, but you know it's 
when something done shifted. It's called humidity. It can change the whole atmosphere of a room. It might be cold, but that humidity is thick. It might be hot, but that humidity is down and it's wet. So that's what the Holy Spirit is. It says, even though you don't see me, you can still feel me. You can still know that I'm now. Why? Because God gave his son. Go ahead. Go ahead. His son. He planted a seed. He planted a seed so that he could do what? The Holy Spirit could be released through the fire. He said, because Christ said it himself, he says, there was one that will come. There's one that will come. So he knew, I got to sit in this frying pan. I got to do, if I don't do this, that way he told Peter, get, get from behind me. I came with a mission. I came, I'm under submission. I'm, I'm submitted, meaning I'm under the mission and the purpose of God. I know who I am. I know that I'm ice, so cold, so cold. See, I know that no matter what fire comes against me, I am ice, meaning I can endure. I am ice, I can endure. It doesn't matter what it is, I see E, I can endure because I am the son whom God is what? Well pleased. <laughs> but I can endure ice. Just think of ice when you get hot. When you get hot, just think of ice. Get some ice in your hand and be like, I can endure. It, it shifts things in your mind because yeah. then you know that you're connected to the power of who, who Christ is. You connect and it says yes. that, that if we, we be in him, he's in us. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's in us. But guess what? Here's the beautiful part. If he's in us and Christ is the word and the word is in us, then the beautiful part is the word of God says what? That he will watch over his word. Yes. So that it will do what he sent it to do. So if the word is in you, then God is watching over you. He's watching over you so that it will be perfected, so that it will do what he sent it to do. Catch that, though. The word that's in you was sent to put in you so that you could do what he sent you to do. He sent you to do something. You ain't just here taking up space and taking up air. You were sent to do something. You were sent with the purpose. You was picked up at that moment in time and God says I need to shape you in your mother's womb because I knew you even before then and now I need to place you right in this moment in time. I am sending you with a purpose. I don't care what they said. I don't care what your mama and them said. I don't care what all them other folks said. You were sent with a purpose. The thing is you got to reconnect to who you are so that you will know your purpose yeah. and believe. Which is the next thing. It says, for God so loved the world that whoever believed, whoever, whoever, that means whoever, that means anybody. God is not a respectable person. Whoever catches this, whoever catches this. See, that's the thing, is whoever catches this. Turn to John chapter 1. We're still in John. Turn to John chapter 1 quickly. And look at this, look at this real quick. Because it says, whoever believe, believe. That's the sixth thing. John chapter 1 verse uh, John chapter 1 verse 11 John chapter 1 verse 11 It says he came to his own and his own people did not receive him but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become the children of God 
He says his very own didn't receive him. See that that for whoever believes that that believing is a receiving type thing. It's a it's an impregnation, so to speak. God's wanting to know you, as He say in the scripture when He talking about intimacy. When he said Adam knew Eve. So see, he's saying that he's saying that dude, I came to my own, but they didn't receive me. They didn't, they didn't receive. And see, here's the beautiful part. That, that means that if it was something to receive, that means it was a gift. God gave a gift. His son was a gift. That's why he was wrapped in, in, in flesh. He, he, and we unwrapped that gift. Amen. And so he said he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. They sent it back. They, they returned the sender. They said, you know what? This ain't my package. You left it on the wrong doorstep. I don't know. Can we call the UPS man and have it go back? He said, no, they didn't receive me. But verse 12, but... Don't have the Bible, how to study the Bible, folks, what we say? The but shift everything. He says, but to all, to all, all, meaning everybody who get this, who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And see, that's the thing, it's the powerful, because it says, who believed in his name. See, that's the, it says, for God so loved the world that whoever believed, whoever believed, believe what? Believed in his name. And see, some people say, well, it ain't even all that important. And who is Jesus? Jesus only white men. See, but if that's who you think he is, then you already gonna miss the whole story. You're gonna miss the whole point. Then first of all, he's the son of God. He is the word of God. And it's saying, well, believe in his name. See, it's power in the name. Why? Because name gives you identity. See, like, 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 like my granny used to say, boy, it don't matter what they call you, it's what they what you answer to. They can call you anything, but what are you answering to? Because when you answer to it, then you're accepting that thing as your identity. You're accepting that thing is who you are. So that's why he says those who believed in his name. His name was who he was. His name was his identity. His true name was Son of God. Yes, right. His true name was Son of God. That's why, that's why he said Jesus Christ. Because it was letting you know that there was an anointing. Christ means Christos, the anointing. So there was an anointing. There was the Son of God named Jesus who had the anointing. Christ. Wasn't his last name. Amen. It was the son of God named Jesus. Just so happened to be named Jesus. Who, so that's how the name Jesus becomes powerful because it's really connected to the identity of who he is. And it says he gave, he gave, he gave. See, we're telling, we're seeing what he gave. He, he not only gave his son, but he gave us what? Right to become children of God. So now if, he get, if you believe in his name and you receive the right then the opposite is true. That if you don't believe in his name, then you don't receive the right. You don't receive the right. The right to what? Become the children of God. To become that fruit. To become that offspring. See, there's rights to this thing. Membership, what? Has its privileges. See, God's like American Express, them old commercials back in the day. Never leave home, what? Without it. Membership has its privileges. See, it says whoever believe, whoever believe, See, you got to believe and also means that you're embracing something as being true. See, a lot of people say they believe God, but see, that's why he says, he says that in, uh, in, in Jude, says what, that, 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 that there, there are many believers, even, even the demons tremble. Say, see, they believe, they know who the son of God is. That's why even the devil came up to Christ and said, if you be the son of God, he already knew. He was trying to shake him off his, his, his knowledge. 
He says, but so you 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 gotta believe this thing. You gotta you gotta know. You gotta get this thing. You gotta receive. See, that's something that God is always trying to download in us. But but we gotta be willing to receive it. We gotta we gotta like we talk about on Bible study Thursday. Sometimes we just gotta stop. We gotta be still because you can't receive because it's like trying to hit a moving target. God said, God, you just moving off. I can't give nothing because you won't sit down long enough. You pray to me, you give me all your problems and issues. You know, I know I said, you know, I, I give and should be given up to me, but that ain't what I want. I, you know, I don't want all your issues and your problems. I know all those. I want your reverence. I want your respect. I want your worship. I want your worship. Why does he want our worship? Because the worship moves things. Why? Because it's the word ship. Ships are transportation. So he's saying when you worship me, then the word moves. The word can do what it was sent to do. The word can bust open doors that were closed. The word can unlock windows. The word can move things. The word can make dry places now rain. The word can make barren places produce fruit. He said, but you got to believe. You got to believe. You got to believe. You got to believe. Because here it says, believing also, again, like I said, it's about receiving. We're receiving, receiving. But what are we receiving? What are we receiving? Look at John chapter 6. Look at John chapter 6. John 6 and 35. John 6 and, yeah, 35. It says, Jesus, because that's who we're receiving, right? Because it said, for God's love the world will believe, and we know that it's also received his, his son. He says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread, John 6 and 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. What is he saying right there? He said, there are some of us who have truly seen him. We've seen God move in, in our life. We've seen God shake things up. We've seen God do the in spite of. We've seen God overcome, overcome seemingly obstacles that were un unsurpassable. We've seen God. He said, you've seen me do it, but for right now, it seems like you don't believe. You're not receiving it right now. You're not receiving that I am the bread, that I am the life, that I am the way, that I am the truth. See, you receive me, you receive me, you know, in your deliverance from, 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 you know, fornication. You receive me then, but now you won't receive me over here with your finances. You won't believe me with that. You, you won't let go with that. He says, you got to receive me in totality. He says, because if you're thirsty, you won't ever thirst again. If you receive me, who is the living water, you won't receive me. You won't receive me, then you'll stay thirsty because it says what God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe what number seven shall not perish 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 we all know what that means that that means to die but perish also has a connotation if you look up the word perish is not a instant death perish is a slow long drawn out process. Yes. They, they first use it with like food, you know, your food will perish. 
because you know it, it sits there long enough. After a while, it starts to spoil, and then it starts to starts to stink, and then after a while, it, you know you just got to throw it away. And God says, I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to sit on what I've given you so long that you start to stink, and then you got to be thrown away. God says, I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to live through your whole life and, and just exist but never live. Receive what I'm trying to give you. Receive who you are in me. Receive your purpose. I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to perish. He says, he says, I came to give life and life more abundantly. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that those believe will not what? Perish. So they won't die a slow death. They'll be living but not realizing that they dying. They'll be walking around but not realizing that they dead. They'll be trying to talk but realize they ain't saying nothing. He says I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to waste away. Because that's what perish means. It means to waste away to nothing. It means that, 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 you, that what God gave you, you didn't put to use. God said no, but I gave my only son so that those who believe so those who receive the word of God will not perish and what does the word say it says that what uh, my people perish what for the lack of knowledge for the lack of knowledge what's the knowledge the knowledge of who you are and what you have received in Christ through his love through his love. God says, I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to perish. See, even down in, and we back in John chapter 3, down even in verse 36, he, he, he says what? Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. What is he saying? Whoever does, whoever does not receive this word and obey this word, the wrath of God is already on them. And, and it says it will remain. So when people say, you know, you can't judge me. No, I'm not judging you. The word of God already has. If you don't obey the word, then you've already committed yourself to the perishing. Because it says my people perish, what? For the lack of knowledge. See, we all born ignorant, but you got to work hard to stay stupid. <laughs> See, ignorant means you don't know something. But stupid means you know and you still don't act like you act like you don't know. See, we all born ignorant. We all born not knowing. We don't know nothing. We come in here uh, empty mind. But you got to work hard to stay stupid because there's so much knowledge out there. There's so much stuff out there. But see what it is? People seek affirmation instead of information. See, they want to be affirmed in what they believe. They want to they find something that connects to what they stand for. See, they seek affirmation but not information because information, if used properly, will change it. It will change but see, people don't want to be changed. They don't want to be shifted. They want to be affirmed. They want to be made feel good. They got tickling ears. They want to be lifted up, but not realizing that they perishing. And see, in this house, I'm not going to allow you to perish because I'm not going to tickle ears so that you just waste away and die. My job is to fan the flame to invoking you what God is already there. My job is to stir up what God has already put in you. My God, my, my job is to blow. Blef 
of the Holy Spirit upon your flame inside of you so that it roars to a blaze. That's my job to do is to keep fanning them flame so that you catch on fire. So now that the things around you catch on fire, the things that was around you that wasn't of God can be burnt away. See, my job ain't to make you feel good. My job ain't to cater to your ego. My job ain't to make you feel like you better than you are. My job is to teach you the word of God because the word of God says that my people perish for the lack of knowledge. So you're going to have the knowledge so that you can stand on the ledge in faith and know who you are. Yes, yes. That's my job. Yes, yes. Stir it up. Don't get Stir. up. That's why we call it. Because see when the fire going down. Yes, Jesus. I remember when I used to fix fires in my great great grandma house with my grand we and he'll get blowing down yeah. and you know and he they had this little billow thing billow. and you push the thing yeah. and it blow air. And and that seems counterintuitive that you will blow air on a fire because it seems like air will put it out. Stoke it up. But it stokes the fire. Why? Because see it, it, it takes it takes oxygen for fire. It takes that Holy Spirit. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. But see, but see, you got to be skilled in what you're doing. Because if you blow too hard, you'll put the fire out. But see, how many know that God knows how to blow the Holy Spirit on your life? He said, this person needs a, they need a big blow because that thing about to go all the way out. But then this person needs just, just a steady blow. So, so he can just... Just a gentle blow. Yes. But how is he blowing into your life? With the word of God. Because yes. you can't separate the word from the breath of God. No. You can't separate. You don't believe and put your hand in front of your face and start talking. You feel your breath against your hand. Because you can't separate the word from the breath. The pneuma. The Holy Spirit. God says I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to perish. Get the knowledge. Get the knowledge of who I am. He says yeah they are mysteries of God. They are not exposed to the world. He said, they, I came but they didn't receive me. See, everything ain't going to, I came for all, but not all are going to come. It says, many are called, but only few are chosen. See, that's how you get chosen, because you stand in the line to receive. See, some people are called to the, to the, to the place where the gifts are being given out, but they don't receive, because they look at it and they say, well, I don't want it. It ain't what I expected. It ain't what I thought it was going to look like. But see, God is saying this to all who receive, who receive receive who receive you will not perish and we look at that as you know dying you know and going to hell and all that but God says some of y'all in hell right now so so what you you living it because you just existing just existing. You wake up every day and it's the same thing. It seemed like yesterday was the same as the other day. The only time that, that things really come exciting in your life is when drama comes. That's why a lot of people create drama because it's the only thing that shakes up their otherwise mundane, boring life. Yep. So they create drama. Yeah. And really all they're doing is perishing. perishing. Yes. And, see the only, and you get in a rut in life. Yeah. But see, the only difference between a rut and a grave are the dimensions. <laughs> That's the only difference. Right. If you're in a rut, you're already buried. It's time to step out of that thing. It's time to get that knowledge. Even now, bring it down to a practical side. You want to you start a business? Get the knowledge. You want to write a book? Get the knowledge. You want to do a ministry? Get the knowledge. Get something in your head. Get that knowledge so that whatever God is giving you as a vision will not perish. It's a simple equation. My people perish 
for the lack of knowledge. So if they get knowledge, then you won't perish. Thank you. Help me preach it. Help me preach it. Lastly, right here says what? People, for God, that's the purpose. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That those who believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life. And see, that's the thing that eternal life. And that's the last one, the new beginning. The eight. He says, I, I came to give you life. I, I loved you so much that I saw you was dying. I, I saw you struggling. I saw you even before you saw you. I saw you. I saw you before time. I saw you before you even existed. What you was gonna go through, but but I I, I set up a I set up a a, a plan B. Yes. See, the enemy had a plan, but I, I had a plan B. The enemy had a had a had a came to 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 steal, kill, and destroy. But oh, I had this plan. I, I had this son sitting over here who said, you know what? Let me go. I know your word. I can, I, I, can, I can endure this thing. I love him too. Mm -hmm. I love him just like you. Yes. I love him just like you. And I'm not going empty handed. I'm going with your word. And then when I get ready to leave, I'm going to leave a little something else behind. He said, see that? That's the power of God. God is always saying, I'm always in the midst. He said, when you don't think you got me, you got my son. When you don't have my son, you got the Holy Spirit. You are never without the Godhead. You are never without the family of God in your life. He says, I came so that you can have life and life more abundantly. That's the only reason that he came. I know we talk about he came to die for our sins. That's true enough. But what good would it be for God to die for your sins if you didn't receive life? What's the purpose? What's the purpose for you to for, for him to die for your sins and you still dead? For him to die for your sins but you still the same? Just existing. God says, no, I came so that you can have life. I'm reconnecting you back to this thing called life. I'm reconnecting you back to this thing called life. It, it, it's who I am. See, it says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, so that those who believe in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. And see, this don't just mean that we exist forever. Everybody exists forever. You gonna exist forever. That's already declared. You either gonna exist forever in hell or exist forever in heaven. So that's already determined. Yes. But we take that scripture as only that. But but everybody has eternal life. You're gonna live somewhere. Somewhere. You're gonna exist somewhere on the other side of eternity. Amen. So what is he really trying to say right here? He he he's trying to say that see, but everybody gonna have have life. Everybody ain't born again. Everybody don't have a spiritual connection to life. Everybody isn't connected to the spirit, as John says in chapter 6. Everybody isn't connected to the spirit who gives life. See, the spirit gives life. Everybody's not connected to that. Everybody's not connected. Turn to lastly right here on 1 John chapter 5. First John chapter five. So I'm just giving you a love message. It's Valentine's Day, right? So we just might want to talk about the one who really loves us. That's right. Mm -hmm. Sounds good to me. Thank you so much. You know, I ain't saying you don't love you. They don't love you. I'm just saying I know one that does without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Amen. 
That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And once you understand his love for you, then that'll help other people understand how to love you. Because there's only certain things you're going to do. I ain't going to be loved like that because I got somebody who loves me. I know how to be loved. So you can't just love me any old kind of way and call it love. You you know, you, you can't pee on my head and call it rain. Amen. I know it's wet and everything, but it ain't rain. It ain't the same thing. I got something to compare it to. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. But we got to receive that. First John chapter five and verse uh, verse eleven. Well, now let, I'm go, let's go back to ten. It says, "Whoever believes in the Son." First uh, John five and ten. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. See, it's all about what's inside of you. It's all about what's inside of you. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Simple. You got the son? You got life. You don't have a son, you don't have life. And who have we determined the son already to be? The word of God incarnate in flesh. He says, so if you have the word, you got life. I ain't talking about scripture quoting, scripture memorization. I'm talking about if it's in you. you. You know it. It's down in you. You've been impregnated by it. And God says, now I'm calling you to life. I'm calling you to carry this thing, not to spiritually abort this thing, but to carry it full term. I don't care. I know you're in your last trimester and it's hurting to birth this thing out. I know you're getting heavy with this thing. I know you're sweating and don't feel good. I know it's hurting. He said, but keep carrying this thing that I got in you. Keep going with this thing. Walk around with it. You know how the pregnant do? They say, walk this baby out. He said, keep walking. Keep walking so that you can birth this thing. I, I know, I know you're ready to get rid of this thing. You like God, I'm overdue. Do I need to have a C-section? God says, no, don't let nobody cut this thing out of you, what I put in you. Because there's plenty around that want to cut you and want to get it out of you. But what God said, no, I need you to birth it. Because when you birth it on your own, then you will respect it. You will honor it. You will believe in it. You will have faith in it. He said, I need you to feel the growing pains. I need you to experience the birthing pains. I need you to experience what you're going through. He said, because I want you to know what life Life is all about. He said, life takes sacrifice. Life takes some bad feelings sometimes. Life takes some humiliation sometimes. Life takes some discouragement sometimes. Life takes some down days sometimes. He said, but I need you to experience it. He said, because then, then you will know truly who I am. He said, because in your bad times, you will know that I am the good God. He says, in your times of lack, you will know that I'm Jehovah Jireh, the provider. In your times of sickness, you'll know that I'm Jehovah Rapha, the healer. In your times of not feeling love, you'll know I'm Jehovah Sitnu, the God that's your banner that covers you. You will know that I am your God that has given you life. He says, I don't care what it looked like around you. I don't care how barren it gets. I'll speak to you like I did Sarah. I don't care what it looked like in the womb. I see life in it. I see life in it. I don't care what they said. I still see life in your business. I still see life in your book. I still see life in your ministry. I still see life in your relationship. I still see life in your life. Yes. I don't care what it looked like. 
Thank you. I don't care what it looked like. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Whoever, 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 that means everybody in here, whoever, whoever, are you in the whoever? Yeah. Are you in the whoever? Are we all in the whoever? Yeah. Come on, talk to me. See, it says whoever, whoever. The spirit is willing to give to whoever. The spirit yeah. is willing to give to whoever. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But we got to be willing to give back. Yes. We got to be willing to give back. Amen. Amen. We got to be willing to give back. Because yes. the spirit says whoever. Whoever. Yes. For God so loved yes. the world that he gave. His only begotten Son, so that those who believe shall not perish, but have eternal life. We have a God in our world that gave out of love His Son so that we will believe and not perish and have life. It's a new beginning. Yes. That's what it's all about. That's what he was trying to get to Nicodemus. He says, you need to understand.